You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. The Trek Files, Season 8, Episode 22. Apology Letter to Gene Roddenberry, October 4th, 1968. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, welcome back, Star Trek fans, especially you Star Trek historians. Hey, listen, we've, uh, we've left a dangling story segment here for you. <laughs> if you go check out our page on Facebook, as always, facebook.com slash the Trek Files, you'll see our documents for this week. Uh, not the typical kind of document. We've got a back and forth correspondence in letter form from the late 60s. Yes, the original series era with Gene, with one of our prior guests. So listen, I want you to, to take a look at our document. Here's an audio sample, but then come right back. We're going to do the uh, follow-up chapter to, a, to an interesting story that uh, we began, uh, began previously. The intrinsic value of any item almost taken could not make up for the loss of friendship and trust which I have at stake. I realize that nothing can be undone, but everything can be a learning experience. This was one of my lessons in personality appraisal. Pretty important for a prospective writer. I will not forget it. Yes, and if you're following along on the document on our page, you know this is from a letter to Jean from Judy Burns, who's famously the writer, co-writer listed, of the Tholian Web. And we visited with Judy once before. We didn't get to this letter because I want to hear, well, really the follow-up to Tholian Web and also what in the world was so horrible that she felt like she had to <laughs> apologize to Jean for. So let's get her in here again. Judy Burns, I'm so glad you could join us again on the Trek Files. Hey, thanks, Mark. Well, I was going through the papers, and uh, I thought I knew you were out there, and it would be fun to talk about the Tholian Web, and I want to kind of finish up the tail end of the Tholian Web story, but wow, this this letter and Gene's very cordial reply, thank goodness, I guess, whew, um, sounds like it has a, a whole other story written all over it. I, I don't know if it's large or small, but I thought it was, while we had you, I thought it might be fun to revisit you know, what was going on here, and it sounds like everything ended okay, but it might be an interesting story. Do you still have this paper? Is this interesting to see this that we've dug out from all these years? Candidly, I don't have copies of either one. If my mom ever had a copy of the other one, she's long gone and my sister's got a buried in the garage. I don't even remember the second one, the one back to me. All I know is I saw Gene many times over the years and he was fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, what happened is I met Joyce Muscat mm -hmm. while we were on the show. And, you know, we went to lunch, I think, and did a couple of things. And she said, do you want to go over to Lincoln Enterprises and hang out and help them, you know, stuff envelopes or what have you? And I went, oh, OK. I didn't know what Lincoln Enterprises was, but I thought, OK, why not? So we went to Lincoln Enterprises and they were stuffing scripts and envelopes and um, stuffing odds and ends, things like that. You know what? I should jump in and say, remind everybody that Joyce Muscat is the writer for the Empath episode. Yes. Yes. And she just happened to be there at Paramount while I was there one day and we met. 
So, wow, another writer, first time mm -hmm. writer. Great. Let's get to know each other. So we went to Lincoln Enterprises and we spent a couple of hours just helping. I'm going, this is really cool. I got to meet um, Magel Barrett mm -hmm. and thought that was really cool. And so I'm getting ready to leave and we're in her car, Joyce's car, and they come out and stop us. And I go, what's wrong? And they go, please open the trunk. And Joyce is not wanting to do that. And finally, she opens the trunk and it's full of Star Trek scripts. Mm. I go, oh, my God. <laughs> and, and she says, but these are my scripts. You know, I bought these scripts and there are two and three copies of these scripts. <laughs> and so they all get taken out of her car and we get sent on our way. And wow. uh, I went, went home and told my family and my mom said, you need to write a letter to Jean <laughs> and say, look, sorry about that. And so I did. You had just met her that day, Joyce? Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, no, it's I was going to I wanted to ask you there. It's it's interesting how in the last flush of Star Trek that we now know, I mean, you sold your story, the Tholian Web. Early, early in the season, it was one of the early shows to be uh, to be sold. Right. Uh, in fact, there's an early, I uh, well, yeah, there's a, there's an early uh, script memo from Fred Freiberger to Gene, and and they're praising. It's still amazing to me again that it was so early. You know, you weren't even on the track to be a writer, but you had put it together after one after one dud. You went back, did some studying, picked up on some knowledge, and I guess applied that scientific mind of yours to how to do this analytically and sold a story that they, they favorably received, obviously, and it's, and it's been a, a classic since then. But it's sad because there was an influx of young writers, especially women, who yes. wrote a flush of stories. Um, and I, it's sad. One of the sadnesses, one of the tragedies of Star Trek ending when it did, right on the cusp of maybe getting bigger, after Apollo 11 landed and all that, is that they were really starting to give vent to some new voices and some uh, women. I don't know if that had yeah. ever, you've ever thought of that that way. I think that Dina Roeste did a second one. Um, I had another one in the hopper to do. And of course it got canceled before we had a chance to really develop it. I had talked to Arthur Singer about the story, but I was upstairs working on mission. And so it really didn't make any difference. I mean, I had a job, mm -hmm. but it, it, you know, I was just lucky. I was lucky because the once again, the circumstances were such that Mission was right next to Star Trek. They all knew each other, and I got a chance to learn a whole bunch about script writing from Bruce Bruce Geller, mm -hmm. just a ton. So I lucked the, out. Where the, the creator other, of Mission Impossible, yes, exactly. Yes. Whereas the other writers didn't have that opportunity. I don't think. You know, had they had that that academic training that Bruce basically put me through, you know, from dailies to sitting me down and saying this scene is wrong because or do you know what the word obtuse means? I can still remember him saying to me, do you know what the word obtuse means? You need to put that in this script <laughs> okay. and say to me, you will no longer write with a pencil. You will now write on the typewriter, things like that. So I was lucky. Once again, lucky, 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 or I was meant to do it, and maybe the others were not. Yeah, we mentioned Joyce. I was thinking uh, 
Jean Lissette Arrest, uh, who wrote um, All Our Yesterdays, yes, was another, she was a librarian, but again, people who weren't hardcore writer writers, and especially a feminist perspective, and some of these touching, we think about the third season being not the greatest, maybe, um, uh, but some new voices that it's a shame that the, the show ending didn't, didn't get back to. Well, yeah, and I, you know, I feel like some of it had to do, you know, in the third season, you cannot blame Freddie Freiberg. He was a really good producer. But budget, 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 mm -hmm. budget killed him. You know, and on my show, it really killed him because Ralph Zineski, whom I loved, I mean, the first day I came to watch him shooting, Ralph Zineski was there, and about three days later, he was gone. I wanted to ask you about that because we've had <laughs> Ralph as a guest and very famously directed all these classic episodes. And basically, he's fired for being behind when you blame the suits. Not Well, you could blame the suits, but I'm talking about the space suits and the way they were handled, yeah. you know. So what, what, what was your memory of that? I mean, you, you, go ahead. I think you started terrible. there. Yeah. It was terrible. You know, I got a chance to be on the set every day, and I watched these suits come in, and I go, my God, what have they done? And, um, and it, you know, they had to be stitched into them and stitched out of them, and they were horrible. And originally, we had nothing but a belt that went across the body. Mm -hmm. That was the spacesuit. It was an environmental suit which basically emanated around the body. So we had no spacesuits at all. And Bobby Justman had said, wow, this is really cool. And then they killed it because they were afraid if they had these belts, they would never be in danger again if they went on another ship. So the spacesuits come in. And, you know, Ralph Sineski was taking his time because he loved it. He loved the script. He was taking his time and he got fired. One, just too much time to get those suits in and out. And two, he was taking his time. <laughs> well, what can I say? yeah, as Ralph would say, though, he knew, he didn't count on the suits being a disaster. And he didn't know why the suit days weren't scheduled for later on if they were behind schedule with the they suits. Were, oh, yeah. And they were right in like the second or third day. But even then, he said, we were doing the hard stuff first. I knew I could make it up on the normal sets later on. I mean, he had a well, plan. I, right. But they were he, trying to make an example of the new budget cutting at Paramount. And so Douglas Kramer made an example of him and humiliated him in the industry. And I know Doug Kramer, too. You know, he was over with me on Vegas. So I know how much of a stickler he could be. But, you know, the problem is they had to lock down the cameras over there on the set to do all the ghost stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he was having to do extra work locking it down, things like that. I mean, I felt terrible. And I didn't even know enough about it, except Jerry Fennerman told me what locking down was all about. And so when he was gone, I, I went to Freddie Freiberg and I said, you guys just made a mistake. You know, and that was the only thing I ever did say to Freddie because I didn't know Freddie well enough. But I did. I, you know, I saw him in passing and I said, why did you get rid of Ralph? He was doing such an incredible job. And he said money. And they were all doing the bidding of the higher ups. Really. Yeah. Well, you mentioned you mentioned some of these people while we've got you that you knew uh, and you were you were you were young in your career. And, I, you know, any time we have a chance to talk about Gene or, or in this case, Fred Freiberger, who was you know demonized by so many fans for the reason the third season was so bad or he was a hack or whatever. Um, Not a hack. No, he had done great. You know, obviously, they were, some of them were kid shows like um, Wild Wild West. Mm -hmm. He had done Wild Wild West, and I think he'd done Lost in Space. And he had done tons of things in radio. I mean, this man was long lived as a writer as well as a producer. 
he knew what he was doing. And to demonize him because they didn't have the money to buy mm -hmm. top writers and to buy, you know, other things that they needed to buy. It was just really sad. You know, I saw, I didn't have a lot to do with Freddie, but years later I gave him a job on a show that I was on. And it was Aww. just a joyous experiment. Well, now you yeah, a show you were on, so you did wind up doing more writing for a while. Oh, I spent 20 plus years in Hollywood writing. <laughs> okay, there we go. I just want to correct that. Yeah, I wanted to let you do it. Did you ever get into anthropology and do more uh, bone digging? No. <laughs> in fact, I saw Louis Leakey. He was the, the great anthropologist mm -hmm. from Africa. I had friends in Newport Beach, and he came to visit them, and he said, well, I always did think you were kind of a square peg in a round hole. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I I wanted I just want to get back just for a moment here to the uh, to the letter we were talking about here where you're apologizing and and Jean says that's okay. Did you ever see Joyce Muscat again? Never, never did. <laughs> so you had this one infamous. Never did. Let that you know, be a lesson, kids. Watch out who you meet on the first <laughs> on the first go round. That's what I said. You know, just I don't even know if she was guilty. Right. That's the point. I know nothing about. The whole circumstances. I just know that you can be guilty by association. And I wanted to make sure that Gene knew that I was not. Why would I throw somebody under the bus that had given me such a great thing? Uh, I mean, this this was a great thing. I knew, under, I understood by that time what a great thing it was to get this assignment. Mm -hmm. So why would I screw it up? <laughs> Well, that's that's what a rational mind would say. And so uh, just looking at the ending here. So you're pretty happy with uh, Tholene Webb, I would take it over the years. Yeah, I class. never liked the madness stuff. That was not mine. <laughs> no, that was Arthur Singer saving me. Oh, all right. But, you know, he he insisted that we needed a time lock and that we needed tension. Mm -hmm. And that was his way of insisting we do it. But I thought it turned out pretty well for a first time out. <laughs> I would say so. I would say so, Judy. Listen, thank you so much for sitting down and not only talking about the Tholian web. And my goodness, your your simple idea for a spacesuit wound up being the force field belts on the animated series, which we have not revisited, which you yes. just blew me away there. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but yes. But I thank you for settling the story that that there was no big rupture here. I love this these letters back and forth of the apology and that no no nothing uh, nothing came of it and that everything everything went well for you and Jean over the years. And um, again, thanks. For, yeah, thanks for dropping by again. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> the Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Now, all of our documents and your chance to comment, of course, are available at Facebook, facebook.com slash The Trek Files. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47. That's me at LarryNimacek.com. That's where you can link in for all the new Trek Files swag and shirts at our Tee Public shop, too. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.